Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Amazon has its Prime Day. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean days. Could there be a new 007 on the way? And now that Phase 3 is done, what's our list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our list master of pop culture cosmos. You got to check out everything that's going on today at popculturecosmos.com, pop culture cosmos on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Josh, we also have some great guests with us today as well, but we'll introduce them in just a sec. I was wondering who these two gentlemen were. Go ahead and introduce them, please. But I also have some great guests with us along as well. It's our good friends, also a mainstay as part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. They're the guys behind GameSource. You got to check out everything that's going on today at GameSource on Facebook and Twitter and all of our great social media outlets. It is my good friends, Stereo Monroy, once again, Tony and Jamie Monroy. What's up, guys? What's crackalacking? What is crackalacking? I'll tell you what. It's been a great weekend for us here at Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Jamie, I know we had a great time at Retro City Games along with Tony there managing the whole thing as far as the tournaments are concerned this past weekend at Retro City Games. Yeah, I think Tony got some gray hair, but you know, he's got to catch up with us somehow. So I've had gray hair since I was like 13. Oh my God. <laughs> this isn't good preparation. <laughs> It's all downhill from here. It is. Oh, it's yeah. all downhill. It's all that cosplaying, right? Just painting your hair gray like the anime characters. Go with that. <laughs> but it is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We're going to be talking Amazon Prime Days or or Prime Day with uh, extra days add-on to it. We're going to talk about the whole scenario that's going on for the next couple of days. Some of the alternatives you might need to think about, but also as well, is it getting to be too much when Amazon presents its Amazon Prime Day? Plus, also as well, we have our definitive list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now that Phase 3 is done, Spider-Man Far From Home is done. It's out of the way. We're going to maybe a little bit of spoilerage there, but for the most part, we're just going to go ahead and round off our list from worst to best, number one to number 23 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Also want to mention as well, Avengers Endgame is creeping ever closer to Avatar. It's within $7 million of being the all-time grossing box office hit ever. 
but will it make it? We're going to discuss that here in a little bit as well. We also have a great conversation with Douglas Hoyabu from Retro City Games during the summer game night and also the Fortnite tournament we were running that he wanted to talk about why Days Gone is one of the best games, not only that he's played in quite some time, but why he thinks you should play it too. And last but not least, a report has been leaked out there to the press. A whole bunch of British outlets picked it up along now with a whole bunch of American and worldwide outlets that there possibly could be a new 007 on the way. Well, uh, certain opinions here are going to be shared later on in the show about a new 007 and it might not be who you think it will be. But first, my friends, I'll tell you what, it's great the next couple of days if you're in that shopping mode just before you, you gear up towards the fall season and whatnot because Amazon Prime Day is, it's, they say day, but it's two days now, so it really should be Amazon Prime Days. It's going to be live and up and running by the time you hear this on Monday and also Tuesday as well. My friends, you've got a chance to check out a little bit of what's going on with some of the stuff that's out there. Is this something you guys point to at certain points of the year when you, you know, it comes to saving some money? Do you, have you had any really good returns when it comes to Amazon Prime Day? And is it something you're looking forward to when it comes to the whole Amazon Prime Day experience? Tony, I think I'm going to start with you, my friend. Amazon Prime Days. Amazon Prime Days, because they, they still says Prime Day, but it's two days long. So well, I mean, just like Black Friday lasts the whole week. So Prime Day has never really been like a big thing for me, I guess. I don't know. It just doesn't seem as big to me. I like some of the other perks outside of it, like what they do, the events and stuff, because they have a lot of partnerships with Twinchid stuff going on. Yeah. And then also as well, they're doing concert with several name artists, including Taylor Swift doing performances, which to me sounds kind of different for celebrating with concerts and other stuff for a day that's just supposed to be basing off sales. But I'm sure Amazon is doing this as a way to create more excitement, create more interest into it. So ultimately it will get you shopping. Jamie, when you heard that all this other stuff is going on outside of just the actual, let's go to Amazon and let's start shopping. Is that something that's distracting or does it help get you more interested into Amazon Prime Day itself? Days, days, days. Realistically, I mean, for me, no. The Twitch stuff is it's great, but it didn't put my focus more into like, yay, let me run out and buy, you know, this Roomba and this other like unnecessary thing that is just discounted for the next, you know, two days. They don't tell you, obviously, a lot of the stuff that they're going to be doing that's going to be right. a whole bunch of lightning deals. But if it's Amazon-related, for the most part, like if it's Ring, the Fire, the Fire Stick, everything as far as relating to Amazon, there's some huge deals. So if anybody's interested, Kindle subscriptions, anything out there, if they're interested when it relates to Amazon, now is probably one of the best times of the year to pick that up. Plus, it gets people interested. They're going to be on their phones. They're going to be on their computers checking for the lightning deals each and every time. Josh, I know you and I have said this before about Amazon Prime Day where there's some great deals, but there's also some deals which has in the past has really been uh, kind of put the brakes on Amazon Prime Day for us every now and then because I remember I've told you about the times 
back in the early days, about three, four, five years ago when Amazon Prime Day first started, when they were selling or trying to get rid of everything in the warehouse, including PS2 games and original Xbox game and the like, and trying to pass it off as this great price on the special product. I totally see Amazon using Prime Day as kind of a clearance day, the same way Best Buy puts yellow tags on things instead of normal things. But I've never really actually participated or purchased anything on Prime Days. Well, and when it comes to Amazon Prime Day, if it's a great price on something like uh, maybe like I've purchased movies before, purchased a game in the past as far as for current console generation, that I've done. But for me, it's a very limited. I do not go out and make the big purchases, even though... You can find laptops, big screens, and more electronics. A lot of those are slashed several hundred dollars. That A lot of them have been announced. If you keep attention to what's going on over the next couple of days, you're going to get a lot of great deals on a lot of great things in cookware, consumer electronics, even Whole Foods, which Amazon owns. You can actually go ahead and get a $10 credit for Prime Day if you spend $10 there. So there's a big, massive push for Amazon to go ahead and take your money. But I want to ask you this, Jamie, going back to the whole Amazon Prime Days itself, what's the best advice you could give somebody when it comes to how they should shop and how they should go ahead and look towards Amazon Prime Day now that it's some almost like a a big event in and of itself? You know, they're, they're jumping on the bandwagon. We have PlayStation with their summer days sale and GameStop with their summer sale. So, you know, they want to jump in on more than just the one day. I could see that. As far as what you should look out for, I mean, watch out for the impulse things. A lot of times they'll throw things there that are, you know, just like any other retailer. You go walk into Walmart. What do you see when you walk up to the register? A bunch of stuff that might catch your eye to get that one last impulse as you're checking out. And it's the same thing with Amazon. There's going to be a lot of those lightning deals and flash deals that are going to be impulse buys that are there designed to catch your eye. And you may not necessarily realize that it may not be cheaper, maybe cheaper somewhere else, or it may not be something that you would necessarily even are looking for at the time. And that's something I also want to point out as well is not only is Amazon running its Prime Day A's over the next couple of days and whatnot, You've got to pay attention out there if you can on the stuff that you're looking for and compare it to other retailers because Walmart, Target, Best Buy, they're all running massive com- competitive sales. So that product could be cheaper somewhere else or it could be more available. A lot of that stuff, because it's on Amazon Prime Day, it could sell out real fast. Tony, I want to ask you, when you go to Amazon over the next couple of days, Are you going ahead and if there's something particular that you're interested in, just for kicks, matching it off of what Best Buy, Target, Newegg, Walmart, whoever it is, what you're matching it against and seeing if there's a comparison, if it's a good deal or if it's not? Always. And especially because I'm always looking at things like computer parts. That's something that fluctuates daily and it fluctuates between sellers daily. And Amazon has some great deals on it right now, but it's only cutting competitors by like maybe $10. But Newegg starts their sale and it's called their like Fantast Egg Sale or something like that. So there's a lot of competition out for Amazon. I think people just need to be careful because I'm sure a lot of people are going to jump on Amazon. And I think last year, like for a while, their servers were down. And like no one could actually buy anything. So yeah, like look other places because there's a lot of people doing sales. Amazon's not the only one. It's just pretty much like the biggest one that'll catch most people's eyes. Well said, my friend. Well said. 
last um, uh, Josh, I'm going to head with you last on this subject, and that is this: with all the hoopla in regards to Amazon Prime Day days, what we're calling it now. Also, as well, the stuff that they're doing with Twitch, the stuff that they're doing with the concerts, with all the artists that are going to be a part of it, the big hoopla that is being created by this extravaganza event that has been self-created and self-promoted by Amazon, all the competition that's in there as well from Walmart, Target, Best Buy, and all that, as far as this two days, this massive time for retail purchasing. Is this a time that people should be aware of what's going on and, and check for prices? Or do you advise people to just go ahead and save their money for the long term and wait for this holiday season? I mean, I would advise people to save their money, honestly, like because I'm looking at the prime deal and I'll, I'll go shopping to I'm not shopping, but I'll, I'll go look tomorrow and see what I can find. But I'm looking a lot of this stuff like it's cheaper if you wait till Black Friday or like the weeks before Christmas, I'm noticing. And maybe it's just me because I only shop deals when it comes to you know, video games or movies and stuff like that. But they have, I'm looking at the Nintendo Switch games, right? Like those are always on sale at Walmart. They're always $10 off at Walmart. So it's not really anything there. Kingdom Hearts was on sale for $25 this week at Target. Like all this stuff normally goes on sale. And, you know, unless you're specifically in the market for a laptop or a TV, which I imagine the deals are going to be fantastic on Prime Day, I would wait until the holidays. But it is going to be a great time for shoppers over the next couple of days. Like Tony said, like Jamie said, and like we've said, there's so many other competitors out there that you also want to pay attention to. So if you see a lightning deal or if you see a great deal for Amazon Prime that you're interested in, before you go ahead and hit that buy button, make sure it's not available somewhere else at the same price or less. And also the availability. I know one of the great things about buying on Amazon during these Prime deals will tell you how much of a percentage it's been bought. But even with the log jam possible shortages on their end and whatnot, just have something on the ready from another retailer because a lot of times they'll go ahead and price match what Amazon is offering as well. Looking out for other retailers, I think the things that you could be safe with no matter what are the Amazon exclusive things. So, well, mostly like the fire sticks. And, yeah. I mean, uh, you can't get those anywhere and, else and really get, at that price. Yeah. At that, right. Cause uh, the 4k stick is only $25 right now. And a regular one's only 15 and like the echoes are on sale. And th those are just so nice to have, I guess. And like the Kindles, I think those are like deals you could be safe with no matter what going on the prime day sale. But if there's like Samsung televisions, which I've seen very heavily promoted that are on sale both from an Amazon but also Walmart Best Buy format. If you're in the market for a new television, now's a good time to go ahead and shop around before you go ahead and hit the buy button real quick at Amazon Prime because it comparably a like model could be just at the same price or better on even Costco, Costco and Sam's Club. You could take a look at them as well. So for a TV, would you, I mean, I'm just curious about what you guys think. Would you rather see it in person and be able to play around with it and kind of see what's on the back of it before you purchase it? Personally, that's me. I, I would like to go ahead and play around with it first. I don't have exactly have that warm and fuzzy feeling when buying something of that nature over the internet. A laptop well, I have bought over the internet. A television, I think... I think for me, I have to go ahead and see it. That's why we bought our last one at Costco. And I think I would go to a Walmart, Best Buy, Target, or Costco before I go ahead and buy it online. But that's just me. Jamie? So you said before you buy it online, you would go to a Walmart, Sam's Club, or Costco. If so I saw the same like model for less and I saw it at, you know, at Walmart, 
then I would say, you know what, maybe I'll have my mobile phone right there and I'll purchase it. But more times or not, I would probably say it's best to go ahead and just buy it at the source instead of going ahead and buying it online when it concerns something that large. But that that's just me. So you'd have no qualm if you physically got to see it first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because then you know what you're getting. No, I agree. Tony, I know what you wanted. I know you wanted to interject. Like you guys were talking about whether or not you would, you know, want to go in person or not. And I'm the type of person that extensively like researches things. When I find something, like I dig, I dig for it. So I go on like their website and look at it through and through. And like there are a lot of times where like if I go to Sam's Club or Best Buy, like I'll see these TVs in person. But I think it's just because there's only so many you can actually look at there. Usually you can find like the biggest ones and those are usually the most expensive too. So it's it's kind of hard. I think looking online makes the search easier because you have so much more variety. But I do understand like seeing it in person. That's a nice to have because you get to see what you're you're getting. And but it's just like also as well during the holiday season, Samsung might have a 65-inch television with the same exact features as or similar features as something on Amazon, but there might be a slight model number different so people have to watch for that as well so right a lot of great things going on when it comes to amazon days a whole lot of pomp a whole lot of circumstance but you know what amazon has really grown this out from what it used to be just this little tiny little internet sale not too long ago and now they've made it into a nice big extravaganza what are your thoughts out there? Are you buying right now when it comes to Amazon Prime? While you're listening to us, you're taking it also as well. You've got that on either on your smartphone or your PC. You've got that looking for the latest deals that are out there, whether it's on Amazon Prime on one of their lightning deals or as well any other their major retailers that are trying to play catch up with them. Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code Vitabrace50, you'll get half off on a Vitabrace gaming wristband or use the code buy one get one and it's buy one get one free that's right just use the code Vitabrace50 or buy and the number one get and the number one today to get some great deals on some Vitabrace gaming wristbands so check it out today at miraclefruitoil.com Vitabrace win with it well my friends Tell you what, Spider-Man Far From Home is far from home. It's in the rearview mirror now. It's a great time to be still thinking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Avengers Endgame is creeping ever so closely, ever so closely to Avatar as the world's all-time box office leader. It's now within $7 million. Josh, my friend, do you actually think it'll make it? It's getting there, but it's getting there quite so slowly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope it does. I, you know, my feelings about James Cameron and Avatar, but at the same time, just the the fact that it's gotten as far as it did, and the way that audiences reacted towards it as a whole, is a huge accomplishment to me. What about you, Spider Man? 
you think that Avengers Endgame is finally going to creep over the list? It did get a re-release in India. I was still hoping for a re-release in China. I think that would have put it over the top. It is yeah. very tenuous right now because it, it got this past weekend worldwide just under $3 million. So if it's going to get there, it might take two, even three weeks to do it. It should, but I, I can't say for sure. If if they re-release in China, yes, most definitely. Because that, that's just so easy to get done. But unless we all go out there single-handedly and go watch it so many times, it's going to be difficult or it just like take a little while longer. I agree with you, my friend, because it, as it stays longer in the box office and if it doesn't get a re-release, it's it's going to be pulled from more and more theaters. So hopefully I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because it's right on the cusp. Jamie, do you think it will get done? Well, how many more times are you going to see it? If it gets under a million, I am going to go see it again. All right. Well, I'll be right there with you. But, you know, seriously, unless you single-handedly go see it about a million more times, I don't know how we're going to push that without a re-release in China. I'd love to help you push it, though. I'm there for you. I'd love to push it as well. I'd love to see this going. I'd love to see it finish all the way to the end. I'd love to see it pass Avatar and basically quiet a lot of critics out there that have said a lot of things against it. I personally did not think it was going to get this close. I thought it was going to maybe peter out right around 15 million mark. But you know what? It is $7 million away. I am so hopeful. For once, I am hoping that I'm proven wrong and that it will indeed pass Avatar for the all-time list. Everybody out there, if you get a chance and if you've not seen it yet, or even if you have, check out one more time Avengers Endgame and let's get it over Avatar real soon. Okay, speaking of Endgame, it is the part of the end or part of the closure of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which did finally end with Spider-Man Far From Home. It's time for your quintessential list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, Josh, we're going to go ahead and start with you first. Your quintessential list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got plenty of time to cover it. Your good and bad of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Start from back to front. Let's do back to front, guys. Leave number one in suspense. So I only have 22 movies on this list as opposed to 23. So, all right. Starting from the back here, I got... (laughs) This sounds bad now because it starts with Captain Marvel. (laughs) All right. That's your your number 22 is Captain Marvel. I just said, okay, Captain Marvel, Incredible Hulk. 20, I have Iron Man 2. At 19, I have Black Panther. At 18, I have Thor. At 17, I have Avengers Age of Ultron. 16, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 15, I have Iron Man 3. 14, I have Captain America Civil War. And then 13, I have Avengers. 12, Thor The Dark World. 11, Captain America. 10, I have Avengers Infinity War. 9, I have Ant-Man and Wasp. 8, Spider-Man Homecoming. 7, Thor Ragnarok. 6, Avengers Endgame. 5, Doctor Strange. 4, Guardians of the Galaxy three Ant-Man, two Iron Man, and one Winter Soldier. So you have Captain America First Adventure where? Because there was a couple that echoed, so it, it flipped. Oh, I, uh, Captain America First Avenger is number 11 for me, so right in the middle. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so uh, that's your list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Guys, uh, it, it's your time now to go ahead and roast him. So uh, you tell me, my friend. From the back, it's Captain Marvel, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Black Panther, Thor, Avengers Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Iron Man 3, Captain America Civil War, The Avengers, 
Thor the Dark World, Captain America First Avenger, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Endgame, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Iron Man, and Captain America Winter Soldier. I'm going to start with you guys first before I hit on it. So go ahead, Jamie. Tell us your thoughts on if there's one or two you want to single out and say, hey, what's going on? Or give him some props. Mm, list isn't bad. Like, I can't really hate on the list other than, you know, like, of course, we had to start at the bottom, which was, oh, Captain Marvel. And, oh, we're going to give Josh crap over that because of Wonder Woman. I do want to ask, though, why is Incredible Hulk above Captain Marvel? Because I just I did not like Captain Marvel. I thought that Edward Norton was really good as the Hulk, but I just I could not get behind Captain Marvel. I just I did not like the movie that much. Not even for Goose. That's horrible. I know, man. I know, and like I love the Kevin Smith cameos and the the setting and all that, but it just I didn't enjoy the movie as a whole. Tony, did you have any uh, things that you want to point out? Yes, Captain Marvel is one above Incredible Hulk just because of the end credit scene alone. That alone was better than Incredible Hulk for me because me personally, Incredible Hulk was like a bad Fox film from like <laughs> the early 2000s. I don't like watching it and I just don't like Edward Norton. I don't know why. I just don't. Really? Like, it's one of those things for no reason at all. I don't have anything against him personally. It's just him. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you're not going to get any argument from me there on Captain America Civil War because it's not going to place very high on my list as well. But I don't know, man, what you're smoking when it comes to Thor the Dark World. But okay. You like that living sludge. That we, uh, we've, we've had this conversation on like 30 other episodes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. Just because of Natalie Portman. Well, okay. That, that may be the case. Again, that is Josh's list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jamie, I think we're going to go ahead and head over to you now for your list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right, so we did agree we're starting the same exact way, right? Yes, back to front. Okay, so you guys might be a little proud of me on this one. Thor Dark World is at my bottom. We went Hulk because I just I couldn't do it. I'm a huge Hulk fan, but Edward Norton just couldn't do it for me. He was cool as the Hulk because obviously it's the Hulk. Then I have Captain Marvel. Don't hate on me why it's so low. It's only so low because I didn't know where else to fit it with everything else because that, in my opinion, was nostalgic for me with all the 90s references, but I need to see where that movie's going to go first. Then we have Thor. Did I really? Wow. I don't know what I was on when I did this, guys. Sorry. But okay, so we got Thor there. Then we have Iron Man 2. We have Atman and Wasp. Iron Man 3. Avengers Age of Ultron. Ant-Man, Captain America, First Avenger, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Guardians Volume 2, we have Homecoming, Iron Man, Civil War, Thor Ragnarok, we have Avengers, Winter Soldier, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, Endgame, and then Infinity War. Where was Endgame? Endgame is actually at 2. 2, okay, and then where's Infinity War? One. Okay. Why so close to each other? Just you view them as one film? It's pretty close to that. That was where I I didn't want to say it that way, but yeah. I mean, it's like all one giant arc to me in that scenario. So I feel like we didn't get the full payoff of the battle from Infinity War until we got to Endgame. Right. Where was your first Avengers film? My first Avengers film was actually at five. 
Five. Okay. All right. And then did you care much for Avengers Age of Ultron? I did. It was just so hard to fit it with the other stuff where I, you know, felt that I valued something from that movie more than maybe the other. Okay. But I mean, it's really high up there to me anyway. It's like I said, it was hard to fit this list without being too personal about it. I think there's films that sh- that were great that could have been done better or differently as well. You know, obviously Civil War, that arc didn't go the way I wanted to see it go, but... All right, Tony, that's now your turn. Tony Monroy, let's hear your list. All right, cool. So I'll say my list from bottom to the top. At 23, I have Hulk. At 22, I have Thor Dark World. 21, I have Thor. 20 is Iron Man 2. 19 is Captain Marvel. 18 is Ant-Man. 17 is Black Panther. 16 is Ant-Man and the Wasp. 15 is Guardians of the Galaxy. 14 is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 13 is Avengers Age of Ultron, 12 is Iron Man 3, 11 is Thor Ragnarok, 10 is Captain America First Avenger, 9 is Doctor Strange, 8 is Spider-Man Homecoming, 7 is Captain America Winter Soldier, 6 is Avengers, 5 is Captain America Civil War, 4 is Spider-Man Far From Home, 3 is Avengers Infinity War, 2 Iron Man, and number 1 is Endgame. That's a great list there. Black Panther sits kind of low for you and also Josh as well. Is there a certain reason why Black Panther didn't mark well with you? Because it obviously got a lot of critical acclaim from so many different places, earning an Academy Award nomination. What are your thoughts on why Black Panther is so far down on your list? I have heard it from Josh before, but I want to hear from you as well. Honestly, like just as a movie, I like it and I enjoyed watching it. But I don't know what it was. I have not been able to watch it twice. I have wanted to because it's on Netflix. And just every time, I I just can't. It's one of those movies that just just doesn't have the replayability factor for me. I'm not sure if it was like this. It just felt slow to me. I don't don't know. So I think the other movies are just more enjoyable. I'm not. It's definitely not a bad movie. Otherwise, it'd be at the bottom, like very bottom. But yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Guys, did you have any uh, thing that you wanted to talk about on this list? Why is Ant-Man so low on the list? So I didn't watch Ant-Man until like last November, honestly. And that's just because I kind of forgot about it. Like, I love Paul Rudd. I I loved the movie. It just, I don't know. It Ant-Man as a character just didn't stick well with me. Well, 18 like, out of 23 doesn't tell me that you love the movie. Well, but all of these movies are, are like, hold on. Most of these are great. That's where it falls into exactly what I was talking about, too, where there's just those certain movies that you don't want them to be at that number, but you have to make room to put everything else. Other, yeah, exactly. And it, exactly. It's way too hard, but I, I, I get it. I see where Joe's coming from, but I also get where Tony came from, because I bet you that was one of those movies that he didn't he played around with because he had to put other movies higher. Mm-hmm. That's, Just like that's I exactly know that Iron Man would have been in the number one spot if Endgame wasn't even released yet, because it probably was in the number one spot until Endgame came about. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, I will say this, you know, for me, each of the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I've watched more than once, uh, with the exception of Spider-Man Far From Home. And that's only because it has been just released. I've seen it once in the, in the movies. I'll probably watch it again if it comes to television. It's something I'll watch. Even the ones that are lower ranked on my list, I still will do so just because it's just an enjoyable time just to watching it, even though you've seen some flaws, you've seen a lot of plot holes, you've seen a lot of things that you've questioned the past. As light entertainment goes, you know, and there's there's nothing else on the TVs, even some of the lower ranked ones on my list, I'll still go ahead and just have in the background just to have that Marvel type of feeling once again. So my list is available for the public, for the world out there, as I mentioned on, on numerous occasions, and it gets regularly updated. It is a part of popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. It is also available on popculturecosmos.com. So if you want to check out my list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I will go ahead and again release the link out there on our social media here coming up here in the next couple of days. But it is available again on Pop Culture Cosmos and popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So we will begin with number 23, which is The Incredible Hulk. Number 22 is Iron Man 2. Number 21 is Thor The Dark World or The Dark Sludge or whatever you want to say at this point in time with when it concerns it. Number 20 is Iron Man 3. Number 19 is Thor. Number 18 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 17 is Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 16 is Captain Marvel. Number 15 is Ant-Man. Number 14 is Captain America Civil War. Number 13 is Doctor Strange. Number 12, Spider-Man, Far From Home. Number 11 is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 10 is Thor Ragnarok. Number 9 is Iron Man. Number 8 is Captain America, The First Avenger. Number 7, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 6, The Avengers. Number 5, Black Panther. Number four, Avengers Endgame. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number two, Avengers Infinity War. And number one, like Josh, who has great taste in Marvel Cinematic Universe films, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. All right, guys, I leave myself open for your barrage of hits, so lay it on me. I commend you on your number one, sir, only because we have also had this conversation before, and the reasoning of your love behind number one for you is because of its spy-esque feel for a Marvel movie, uh, it which does I so also enjoy. Well, it does so many, and it hits on all the right notes. It's just those movies that you don't know where to put them sometimes. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Our decisions on Iron Man 3 are all over the map, it looks like. What did you guys think of Iron Man 3? Have you gone back and to watch it a second or third time? Yes. I, I can tell you I have. And, you know, Shane Black has a style to it. And, uh, and I appreciate that style. But 
it doesn't really do a whole lot for me other than be a, a good watchable movie and nothing more. I just think it, it, like I said, it has the style, has some bits of Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in there. It does make more of a presence for Gwyneth Paltrow, but I just, overall, it, the movie just doesn't click well enough to put it ahead or put it higher up on the list for me as well. Yeah, because that was his last movie before Iron Man was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and that was a Shane Black movie also. But I thought the dialogue was very well crafted, but as far as the story goes, I didn't feel like it really fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe very well. I mean, his banter with him and the kid is great. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I love that. And, and you can see why the kid is still beloved to this day by Marvel, that he was included in the, spoilers, Avengers Endgame funeral scene that was there. You, you know, that was that kid, whoever was going, who is that? Who has that? And that is the kid from Iron Man 3. So yes, the movie had its style because of Shane Black and Ben Kingsley was also a great pleasure in that movie in the in the brief moments that he's given the impetus to go ahead and, and given some spotlight on him. But the overall narrative was really somewhat lacking. And I think that even Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in the movie really just didn't do enough for me, I should say. So Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I like it and I don't like it. So it's just it's it's a kind of middle of the road movie for me. I mean, it was, when it was up the other day, I had it on. But again, it's something I can go ahead and watch. I'll watch a half hour. I'll go do something else, come back. It's still on, that type of deal. So it really doesn't move the needle enough where I have to sit down the third, fourth, fifth time I'm watching it and just say, you know what, this is something I will still pay attention to. I mean, the movie is in my top 10 for the most part, especially, strangely enough, I've told you before my affinity for the first Avenger, which I have overall at number eight, how that to me is probably the most replayable on the television. For some reason, it just fits so well within the, you know, watching it on the TV. Maybe it's the way it's edited for television or whatnot. It just, it fits so well within that confines. It's something that I can watch again and again endlessly. So Tony, any thoughts on my list? You know, I'm sorry to tell you there's some deviation there and I don't love Far From Home quite as much as you do, but it was still a solid film. But to me, when the after credit scenes are better than the movie itself, I can't really hike it that far up on my list. All right. So I've been waiting for you guys to get through what you guys needed to uh, to say first. That way I can roast this boy. I didn't say it was bad because obviously it's, it's in the middle of the pack for me, but still. Yeah, right, right. You know, I, I just thought the after credit scenes were amazing. And I just thought the movie was good, but not it never hit great for me. So your your list, like starting off, most of these are pretty similar, just kind of swapped around a little bit. I want to touch on what Josh said about Iron Man 3, like, because I put it at 12 for me. It's one of those movies that, like, despite the whole bits with the Mandarin and stuff like that, that, you know, everyone pretty much disliked. I thought it was um, a pretty good movie. I liked all, the, like, especially, like, that house scene where everything is just getting destroyed. And that like slow motion suit up scene of everything that it's just so cool. That's the pinnacle of his suits before Bleeding Edge, and that I thought that was so cool from start to finish. And I love Robert Downey Jr. on his own going to find the Mandarin and messing with all that. It's just fun for me to watch. The inner monologue is cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like. I guess that's what I had to say on Iron Man three. <sighs> You're killing me with Spider Man, though. You're killing me. Like I said, it, to me, it was a good movie. I'm not saying, you know, most of these films do get an above average score for me when you get it even into the 
what the 1819 area those still even captain marvel i gave that around a 6.5 6.7 so that gives you kind of like a list if that's near the the bottom end of the list and that's still something i gave a positive score to i mean it's not until you get to actually 20, 21, 22, 23 in that range. In fact, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think that anything after that on the rankings list is, are those movies that I have an issue with to the point where I got to say, you know what, these are you know, just really not good movies overall. They're just TV filler at this point in time and, that, and nothing more. I really don't get much out of them. I never really did. But, you know, if you go above that, there's films that I can actually still appreciate for one reason or another. So that's that's pretty much what I'm saying is I agree with Jamie to the point where where you're saying that it's so hard to break down and, and categorize which one you like least, which one you like best, because most of these films are good and are thought of in a positive fashion. It's not like you can go through DC films right now where more than half the films are not really that good. So it's it's something that's very hard and sometimes you're splitting hairs and it is difficult sometimes to go ahead and, and say which one's number three, which one's number seven, which one's number 14. If you have a list of your own when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to share it on the show. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Be just like us and go back to front. There you go. There you go. Coming up after the break, we've got a conversation that Jamie and I had with our good friend, Douglas Hoyabu. Douglas wanted to let everybody know out there his thoughts on Days Gone and why it's one of the best experiences he's had in quite some time. And he shared it with us the other day at the Summer Retro City Games Night. So he's going to share his thoughts coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. When you're riding the bike, sometimes I've noticed, especially when you're like doing multiple things, like if you ride and then drift, and so the way the hordes work is they're they're in certain areas, and just playing the game like I, I platinumed it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to go through it on survival. Like the way the hordes work is when you go up to like where a horde area is, like once you know the location, it's marked on your map. Right. It'll when you get there, all of a sudden that marker goes away on your map, and it'll show you three different, two to three different locations of where the horde could be in that area. It's just a general like radius, basically, like. Yes, but it makes sense, right? So so generally one is where their, like, feeding area is. Like, there's these Nero graveyards. Right. From when the outbreak first happened, and they were, like, piling bodies up in, like, mass graves, right? And they they tell you multiple times in the game that's where they tend to hang out. Like, the nests get built there and stuff. So there's only one spot that's near that. One spot that tends to be, like, near water. I don't really know why. And then one spot that tends to dislike their cave. So if you go during the day, right, because they come out at night, right? So if you go during the day... More than likely, you want to check the cave first because they'll be in the cave normally, right? But if you come at night or it's getting dark, they might be wandering around. Well, the game has no loading in it except for, like, cutscenes. Like, you don't get to an area and then have to load into that area or anything. Like, most open world, right? Right. So I think the way they handle the thousands of enemies that are the hordes is when you get to those areas, they pop into a spot. And it's normally a different one that's away from you type of thing. So I've re- I've no- that's when I noticed the biggest problems. Is like, okay, like, when you're at the sawmill, right? They're in one spot, right? They're going to pop in inside the sawmill. Right. 
Right. That's the biggest horde in the game, and it's like over a thousand enemies. So I've noticed like if you're driving your bike near the sawmill and they pop in, like they're generated, and let's say you're drifting or shooting other things, sometimes you'll get it where it like freezes and glitches for a second, and then like one to three seconds, exactly, and then it'll pop out. That's where I see the biggest issues. Other than that, um, I have friends that said they had like syncing issues with audio, um, where it was just way off. I didn't have any of that. Makes me wonder if they were playing, were they playing on pro like you had, ah, uh, so it makes me wonder. Oh, it's, it's 100%, I think. I don't know if they've said it or not, but it's 100% optimized for a pro, it seems. Like, everything I've read and seen, like, I think it it was made for a pro. Or they couldn't get it to work on a regular, which I think is crappy. It Sorry. <laughs> um, it, make it, it should work on all. It should work for all. So, like I said, I mean, I'm, to me, I don't understand the hate because, like, one of my favorite games of all time is Skyrim, right? It's a Bethesda game. And we all know, oh, it's a Bethesda game. You go, oh, that's glitchy, Right. I don't know why everybody hates on this game just because it's a little glitchy. And I get it. And so that's the weird part. If they do, if it was, it'd probably get a different reaction. The same reaction that Bethesda games do. But because it came out that way, it's just not going to. I don't get it. I, I don't understand the hate of it. Even the, the, the complaints that it's repetitive, it's an open world game. So the, the main quests aren't repetitive, but there's side quests that's essentially like you're leveling quests, you're grinding, right? It's going to be a fetch quest. It's going to be go kill this person. It's almost like a, a Radiant Quest type thing where it's like, oh, you're just with that kind of genre. I mean, also is Grand Theft Auto repetitive? Red Dead Redemption repetitive? People don't say that all the time about those. Why? That's exactly what I... Concept, that's, right? that's my issue as well. So I, I don't know. I think, like I said, what the story to me, the first hour and a half of the game, I think is almost bad. Like just... Like, it's slow. It's a little tedious. I wasn't sure. The story is like, oh, you're this biker, and his family's gone. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, but as you start to open up and, like, you see the relationship between him and his buddy Boozer, and you start to see how the camp system works, I, I really thought the story started to open up. I mean, there's really, like, four full story arcs in the game. There's one big one that carries through the whole way of your, you know, your family and what happened to your wife. Well, really just your wife. What happened to your wife and things like that. Right. Um, which I won't spoil anything. Um, and then there's... All these camps are, like, essentially cities. Like, your money and currency doesn't carry over to other places. Like, there is no... Everything this is... It's not like you're picking up bottle caps or... Yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you do something for a camp, like, you're getting credits for that camp. Like, it's not like you earned a bunch of money and I can go to any camp and get any gun now or any bike part. No, I did it for that camp and they're giving me... They're giving yeah, me a reward for it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, Every little camp has its own little ecosystem and way it works. And that, well, it makes you make decisions, too, because sometimes, like... Early on, like right off the gate, there's a, there's an issue where you're chasing on a guy who stole drugs, and he stole it from one camp. But which camp do you deliver it back to? And one camp might give you a ton of camp credits, but you also need trust in camps because trust. Every uh, camp has three levels of trust, and they won't they won't sell you just the best weapons out of that camp, right? Until you've leveled your trust up. But one camp early on, the two camps you get to, I guess, participate in early on. One is geared towards your bike, and one is geared towards the the weapons in the game. Do I want more money for my bike or do I want more trust so I can start buying better weapons early on? And I'll, I'll say when I played through normally, I was all about the bike. I was like, you know, most of the enemies I can deal with melee and you can craft melee stuff later on. Like I don't need tons of crazy weapons. I want my bike to be really efficient because you have to deal with gas and it breaks down and I want to be able to get to things quickly. And some of the missions need a bike to chase other bikers. So you're important. Excitement, Fortnite tournament, if you guys heard that. Playing through on survival, I 100% the opposite. I don't give two craps about my bike. 
I want better guns because everything kills you in that game. And in case everybody out there does not know, Days Gone is on sale as part of PlayStation Summer Sale and GameStop Summer Sale. What's on sale for? I believe it's down to $40, which really isn't that big of a sale. Would they knock 20 bucks off it? I think I saw it go lower once before, but I think right now it sits at 40 40 for the days of play as well. I think they did a digital sale on it one time. It was a little yeah. lower, but yeah. So I think I'm sitting at 40 for the summer sales, respectively. So despite all the mixed reviews that it's gotten, and despite what your clientele or, or anybody else that tries to say negatively about Days Gone, your experience has led you to believe that, in your opinion, that it's the best game experience you've had this year. I'd go farther and say it's probably the best gaming experience I've had in probably the last two or three years. I, it's easily one of my favorite games of all time. Now, I would say how much fun I had with the game, I'd give it a 10. Like, I just, my, my wife and I, Nicole, we just played the, played so much of it, right? I'm still playing it. They just added the weekly challenges, which is like endless hordes and things like that. So it sounds like the replayability is pretty up there. Obviously, otherwise you wouldn't have platinum and kept going. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I, fun-wise, I'd give it a 10. I think the game, if I were to be like, critical about it and factor in the glitches and some of the things, I think it's like an eight and a half to a nine. Like overall, I think it's just a great game. Yeah, the replayability, they just added the weekly challenges. They're doing all summer, so it's 12 weeks of challenges. And it's basically to unlock skins and emblems and like stuff for your bike, like paint jobs for your bike and stuff like that. You have Call of Duty doing their summer event, Fortnite doing a summer event, Days Gone's doing a summer event. It's, just, it's all free. Like you don't need, it's just like the other games, you don't need to buy anything, you don't need to pay anything. It's just all Free yeah. good. Yeah. I think uh, the guys uh, from The Witcher kind of started that. Where would you like to see the game go? I, they definitely, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but they definitely left it open for a sequel. Especially in the the way the, the Freakers operate. There's a like a hidden, after. so after you beat the game, and I, this is spoiler free, after you beat the game, there are more missions. Okay, So you beat the main story. And you can go back and do all the things you did before, but it unlocks a whole new little, it's like three mission side thing. It's like a plus plus kind of thing, option, right? Yeah, it, it throws a pretty big like monkey wrench in like what you knew about the world and how it operates. So if they aren't planning on doing a second game, like if they, had, if they haven't already started a second game, I'd be shocked. Right. Just because of the way that was set, set in there, it, it absolutely, it, it's one of those cliffhangers that like it, there's no reason to put this in there unless you're doing a second. But yeah, Sony does. Talk about this makes me want to play it now. Like I got, I got kind of the wrong way in the beginning. I let outside influences tell me otherwise. But I mean, but I, I've been telling everybody. I said if you can pick it up on sale, give it a shot. Like I understand if you didn't want to grab it at full price, but I think it's definitely worth it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald along with my good friends, Stereo Monroy, Jamie and Tony, and also Josh Peterson as well. Before we head on to our last subject in 007, I just want to let everybody know that we're being played around the world on radio seven days a week. If you need a listing of that or any of our other 
great options on podcasting networks. In fact, our great radio stations that's out there, including IPM Nation, want to give them a big hello and thank them so much for playing the show. Plus also as well, great podcast outlets out there, including, of course, Apple Podcasts. You can't be a podcast without being on Apple Podcasts, really. You want to go ahead and check out all of our entire listings today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. It's all right there for you and many of our podcast outlets as well. Josh, want to give everybody an update. You recently announced a release date for your book. Congratulations, you suck. Please share us your thoughts on when that book is coming out and why you think people should go ahead and check out your awesome book. Congratulations, you suck. It comes out July 30th, and everyone's got such different tastes in reading materials, but I like to think that I touched on a lot of things that are important to people. A lot of the book's about mental health, so if you're into that, I'd definitely pick it up. But again, I'm biased because I wrote it, so... There you go, indeed. It is Congratulations, You Suck. It is coming out the end of this month, July 30th. You want to check it out on all the various book outlets, especially Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. All right, before we head on out, we got to touch on this subject. There was a report by virtually every major British outlet that Lashana Lynch who played a great role in Captain Marvel, which to me was one of the best parts of Captain Marvel was her performance. She's now part of the latest 007 movie that's now filming along with Daniel Craig, Christopher Waltz, and also as well, Rami Malek, who's playing the, the main villain in the movie. But the major news is a report, and it's a report only. It's not been confirmed. It's not been anything as far as said and officially 100% done, but it's a report that's out there by, again, a lot of these British tabloids, but also has been picked up by numerous outlets here in the States. So it's picking up more and more steam that Lashana Lynch, who was most recently seen in Captain Marvel, is going to be at some point in time in the movie taking over for the role from Daniel Craig. Does he get killed off or something happened in the movie? We're not sure, but that at some point in time in the movie, she does take up the mantle of 007. And this has sparked a lot of great interest both for and against already on social media because things like this always do. So I know Josh and the guys wanted to talk about it as we close out today's show. So Josh, I'm going to start with you, my friend, because I know you've got a lot to say on it. I know you've got a lot to chew on it when it comes to Lashana Lynch possibly becoming 007, not just for the next movie, but also possibly for the future as well. This is going to make me sound really bad, but I would just, I would stop watching it. Cause it, like, and it has nothing to do with race or anything. Cause I really would love Idris Elba to pick up the, the mantle of James Bond. You have 007 without James Bond. I've been following this franchise since I was seven. And if it's a 007 series that does not have James Bond in it, I just, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. And that, I mean, that sounds bad, but I don't see that being a successful move, especially with all this, there's no other way to say it, PC culture, right? Because this feels very like a cry for relevance. And it's just, it's not, it feels very forced. And I don't think anybody who is a fan of James Bond sat back and went, you know what? I wish James Bond was a woman. I don't think anyone said that. And, you know, it's just- Actually, it, there have been people that have said that. Well, but still, like, it just, it feels weird to me if they're going to kill off James Bond and have a woman play that role, I'm not a fan. Here, here's my thing, though. If it was a spinoff series and they had a female 007, but James Bond still existed in the universe, that would be fine. I'd be completely fine with that. 
Tony, I know you've got some thoughts on it as well. So please, it is a report only. It has not been confirmed. It is not something that Sony or the producers have said, yes, this is going to happen or not. Again, this is just a report, but it's been picked up by virtually every outlet out there that this is a possibility that Lashana Lynch could be the next 007. I think it's ironic that British outlets got it first, by the way. I think that's hilarious. Anyways, so I don't mind the actress at all because I thought she was a great part of Captain Marvel too. I think that was one of the saving graces for me. But like Josh said, th- these movies are so iconic from every single one. And 007 is James Bond. There's no like changing that, like for me at least. And I'm really torn on it. Jamie, can you share us in on what you're feeling when it comes to Lashana Lynch possibly taking up the role of 007? So again, as you said, it's all speculation, nothing concrete. And again, just as everybody else has said, this is going to probably be unanimous. Nothing against the actress herself. And honestly, nothing against it being a female lead. Nothing against any of that. But I have to fall back on what everybody else said. 007 is James Bond. You cannot take the 007 moniker and just go, here, now it's yours. From all history that we've watched of these franchise, that's not how it works. Maybe James Bond becomes maybe a kind of a Q kind of role for her. It's hard to say. I agree with Josh. It's really force-fed. I feel like it's been force-fed for a minute. You know, we've got all-female Ghostbusters. We've got the small little instance in Endgame where they had all the female roles come together, which I'm not hating on at all. That was great. But why all of a sudden is all of this changing and being so force-fed? Well, that's something to think about. Personally, I want to see what happens and what develops. Whatever move Sony makes when it concerns the future of the James Bond franchise, I just want it to be something that's long-lasting. I don't want it to be something like on Her Majesty's Secret Service where you have the actor that played the role of James Bond be there for just one time and one time only before they go ahead and make another change. So I want this to be something that they're going to go ahead and commit to long-term, that they're not going to go ahead and dance around the issue or dance around the subject. I want to go ahead and see how this plays out. Would Idris Elba had been my first choice? I've said it on this show already on more than one occasion. He would have been my choice for James Bond because I think he exemplifies both on and off the screen. That type of individual I think would best be suited for the role for 007. But Lashana Lynch did an outstanding job in Captain Marvel. So I want to see how this plays out. I will watch the film of this upcoming James Bond and see how it plays out before I go ahead one way or the other. But I'm hopeful that it will be a positive representation of the James Bond franchise if she takes up the moniker. And I don't think it will be something that they're going to take lightly, but it has to be something that's going to be long-term that they're going to commit to and not wither out on the first type of backlash. Because ultimately, at the end of the day for Sony, it's about dollars. And we've seen this before many times when it concerns Sony. This is a basically right now a franchise that it's near its heights as far as popularity. Skyfall was the first billion-dollar James Bond movie. Spectre didn't quite do a billion dollars because it was not as well received by the public or critics. But still, that movie in and of itself garnered almost $900 million worldwide. So you still have a franchise that is near the top of its value. So you have to do what it takes to in order to sustain that. And is Lashana Lynch the right answer? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But 
I'm going to keep an open mind about it and see where this goes. But still, I would hope that whatever they go ahead and ultimately do when it comes to what the James Bond franchise is going to be, hopefully they will go ahead and make the sound decision going forward and stick to it. I want to hear everybody's thoughts out there on if you think Lashana Lynch should become the next 007. Do you think it should be someone else? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, guys. I want to thank all three of you for being on today's show. Any last thoughts on the way out, Josh, on what you're working on with Humanity Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, or Jamie and Tony with you guys with Game Source? Keep following us on Facebook and keep your eyes open for new content. Jamie? As Josh said, you know, keep your eyes on social media. We got some, I believe, some top 10 gaming lists coming in pretty soon. And God knows with some streaming and some Retro City and with what Gerald's got in the pipeline. And other than that, I mean, Tony pretty much gave us his thoughts on what he felt about 007, too. I guess he gave us a license to chill. And what's your Twitch again before you head on out? Because I know Tony is Dark Tales. And mine is Degenerate 2018. So catch all the great streams today, and you'll be glad you did. So for Josh Peterson, Tony Monroy, and Jamie Monroy, it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through amazon.com or the Tee Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO network your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.